This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, Certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Okay, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. And we're going to talk about body image today. Adam, this is such an important topic, I think, especially for women, and I'm probably leaning more toward the women listeners right now and men to be sympathetic, although I do understand in this culture that men have more pressure about how they look as well. Yeah, I think it's been an increasingly growing issue for men over the last uh, 20 years or so, and particularly the last 10, I think, has just ramped it up. Uh-huh. But it is a traditionally a, a big issue for females. And, you know, I think it's 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 a little bit different for genders as well. But Yeah. And, and I want to talk about that. I think next to relational distress, body image, a negative body image is really the biggest disruptor that I see in my female clients mm-hmm. for sexual enjoyment. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just huge in terms of how it manifests and can derail them from enjoying sex or having desire. Yeah. Lori, could you kind of maybe talk about how when I listen to some of my female clients, I feel like this is a constant in their head. And I think that's one of the differences for men. I think men think about it a lot. But it seems like, I mean, what is this just an ongoing like voice in your head that's just a narration in your head that's just talking about uh, constantly reflecting on body image issues? I, I think it is hard to underestimate how much women think about their bodies and their acceptability in terms of in the marriage or in the partnership. I mean, I think there's some reasoning behind this that might be biological that women often are valued for how they look, that's mm-hmm. their their value quotient goes up when they're more attractive to attract a mate, to keep a mate interested. Whereas men, you know, they are valued for different things, oftentimes resources that they bring to the relationship to kind of this male dominance sort of value. I, I mean, I know there's some written out there about the alpha male who has this charisma and sense of himself, and that can be really attractive but it's not necessarily his shape. Mm. You know, it could be, it's really more about his his presence mm. um, that can feel very sexy and create sort of sexual dynamics between him and his partner. 
And then, I mean, I think this is a fear, right? Women are worried that the only thing I'm valued for is my body, and he says the only thing I'm valued for is my wallet. And the the way that it's been set up culturally is that that's how women are chosen, Yeah. right? Is they are asked out or they are marriage is proposed based on how they looked, their whole contest, nationally televised contest around a winner being chosen because of how she looks. Exactly. Right? And that's not something that men have to deal with. There's not a competition like well there's bodybuilding competitions but that's completely different and very small and compared very small to beauty compared pageants. to beauty pageants for sure. and, and i think it's pervasive it's not just the beauty pageants it's the fact that now there's every glossy magazine every television show everything sort of tells you that this is what is desirable this usually not achievable standard of the way a woman should look and so it has seeped into i think the consciousness of women saying, I, I don't look good enough, so therefore I'm not desirable. Yeah. And there's two parts to a body image. One is her own evaluation of how she feels about her body, how she looks. And the other is what she believes her partner feels about her body mm. and her desirability, which may not may be completely false because some men tell me all the time, look at I love her. I think she looks hot. I'm great. She's critical of herself. But it it really is in her head in terms of what do I think about, you know, myself in terms of how I'm stacking up against my own standards and what do I believe my partner thinks about me. And those two things make up a body image and are uber problematic. Is it only what her partner thinks about her or is it also – what she perceives the world is that other people see her. Okay, that's a good question. So, I mean, I think that it's both. You know, if she's getting attention, you know, men's heads turn and look at her, she feels, okay, I'm attractive. It's a way that she kind of gleans a sense that she is attractive, which is often difficult in menopause. For some women, they report, you know, I'm no longer turning heads. And so it's almost like they believe their quotient has gone down. The world is not objectively confirming that she's attractive anymore. You know, right at the time her partner's losing his erection, which for women, it's not about the penis. They're not often looking at their male partner's genitalia as exciting. It's the fact that they excited the male genitalia that tells them they are desirable. Mm. It's really, you know, some people say narcissistic almost. You know, it's really about her sense of am I or am I not desirable? Uh, Meredith Chivers, I've said this before, she's a researcher on sexuality, and she says, you know, to be desired is the orgasm for women. That's what's the turn on. Mm. You know, and and without that, when you have this negative appraisal of yourself or you believe your partner has a negative appraisal of your body, it tanks lots of things. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. I think that's a you know, a cultural joke that men, once they're in a committed relationship, they can just let themselves go, mm-hmm. right? But that's, that's why I'm pointing out the difference between how the partner sees them and how the rest of the world sees them is because it feels like it doesn't – that's not allowed for women, Mm. Right. Oh, no. That it that that it continues on even if they're in a committed relationship, they still have to maintain that outward appearance. Whereas that pressure doesn't seem to be the same for men. You know, there was a rush of TV shows a while back where it like it was almost all the couples were a large man, right, an overweight man, and a super skinny, attractive female. Yeah. Right. And it's like that kind of I- idea. Um, and nobody batted an eye. Oh yeah, not at, not at all. They, yeah. it, we laughed at it. We thought it, it was it was it was funny and cute and cute. But He's that's so cute. That's not 
it kind of highlights that difference there. Yeah, I think that, you know, culturally, like you said, men are the initiators of the sexual encounter. Women are not the pickers, but they're the ones who are picked. And so it's this is partly what we see in responsive desire, that women respond to being picked. They respond to that in men versus having subjective initiating desire where they're choosing the time and place to have sex now. I think it's healthier for women to manage this subjective desire and also ask themselves the question, okay, but when is best for me? And to go ahead and initiate it during that time. But it's difficult for them to get beyond that. You know, that's why they often wait. Even though they have desire, they wait because it's proof that now he finds her sexy. And in fact, you know, what's funny is as I was researching this, women say, I feel sexy much more often than they say, I feel sexual. Mm -hmm. And being sexy means I'm able to turn a guy on. I'm able to turn my partner on. I'm sexy. Therefore, now it's time for sex. You know, if they say, I don't feel sexy, that means they feel bloated, they feel heavy. Weight is a huge factor in this in terms of how women manage their feelings of of feeling sexy. That's probably the number one attribute in terms of what interrupts them is weight, which, I mean, all of us, right? We understand our culture is thin, obsessed. But feeling sexy is different, right, than... It's the time of the month I'm ovulating and I feel horny. No, she's mm. saying, I feel like I look good. I'm sexy. So so now I want to have sex. I think that can be super confusing for men sometimes. I think so too. Um, because it doesn't, it's not the same. It's obviously it's not the same, but it, I think some men may feel that way, but the majority, it's always, I feel sexual, mm-hmm. right? It's always, I feel, I feel ready at any, at any moment. So the idea that you could vary in your level of feeling sexy. I don't know that that computes for men right. um, oftentimes. I mean, I think there's times where we may feel like we look better than at other times. Yeah. But it's, God, but it's, this is not one of those days for me. It's like I've got a cold <laughs> still and, you know, like no makeup. It's all washed off. Yeah. yeah. That, this is not a sexy day for sure. So if Derek, so if Derek tried to make a move right now, that's oh, not, it's not happening. Yeah, probably not. Not today. <laughs> But that I think that's understanding that can be helpful, though, because you're understanding why it, it feels because I think that makes it feels like it's just it's so random. It, I think I it feels random when that when for a man, it feels yeah, random. Like feel, you, yeah. you look just about the same as you did yesterday. Yeah. What's the difference? I think, too, uh, another issue with body image for women is if they have specific complaints about their body, like they don't think their breasts are big enough or their hips are too big or their backside is too broad or whatever, that actually can be like an obsessive distraction. So the negative body image, when it's specific, can be such a distraction that it can derail arousal and stop orgasm. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. So... Well, Lori, I think we can come back and talk about like how we, we begin to address that um, because it is such a huge issue that it can oftentimes, I think for both men and women, feel overwhelming and feel like, where do you start? What do you do? How do you kind of begin to address that? So maybe let's come back and offer some okay, tips Okay, we'll on how to offer do that. some tips in a minute for Play Radio Sex Therapy. 
thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. Right? Yeah, Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. For Play Radio Sex Therapy, we're back with body image and how it impacts us sexually, especially a negative feminine body image or a concept that your partner doesn't think you're attractive. So how do we fix this? Yes. You know, I think the first thing is believe your partner. If your partner (laughs) says you're sexy and likes looking at your body, it's like, girl, get over it. (laughs) <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at you because we just spent 15 minutes talking about how complicated it is. I know, saying, Get over I it. know. But, you know, I have women, it really has nothing to do with an actual, right? Mm. I have women who are stark, raving, beautiful, and are perfect by every standard that I could ever imagine, who find themselves unattractive and will not have sex, will mm. not have sex. Because they're afraid of being naked. They're afraid of that evaluation. They, it's, it's in their head. Yeah. So, so you're saying if they will, especially if their partner is telling them that they are beautiful, that mm-hmm. they are attractive, is, to, is just to believe them yeah. and allow that to have credit in your mind. Yeah, because there's this insipid negative voice in the inside that doesn't actually tell us the truth all the time. Well, it seems like, too, that what happens in situations like that is that we we come up with a reason why what our partner is saying can't be true. Like, they're Mm -hmm. just being nice or... uh, You're my husband, you have to say that. Yeah, anything like that that just kind of undercuts it rather than allowing it to to be evidence to the contrary of what our negative self-talk is, mm-hmm. right? So being able to add that to the con- to the evaluation in my head would seem like it'd be important. Like that's what you mean when, you, when we say believe your partner. We're saying allow that to have some influence over when you're making the evaluation in your head. When you're weighing the things, it should rate high yes. in, that, in the scale. Yes. I don't think a man can lift a woman's negative self-esteem, but I think that certainly if your wife or your female partner has low self-esteem, you know, offering compliments and things like that, that doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that can help. That can help her with her esteem. Yeah. I think, too, knowing that this is your pattern, you can go into the moment and use some positive self-talk instead of listening to the negative self-talk. So what happens for women is that they – 
downregulate their responsiveness with this negative self-talk. So they're going in thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, he's going to see the dimples on my thigh. You know, my breasts are saggy or whatever the negative talk is. And they start doing that before the incident. And then, you know, magically, they can't be aroused. Imagine that because there's this force coming against them that says they're not good enough. And what they really need to do is counter some of that with maybe some positives like, you know what? I'm passionate. He loves it when I get aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of that kind of talk to help her feel more entitled to sexual pleasure yeah. instead of feeling like it's she's only worthy if she looks a certain way. Do you think it would be helpful if some of that positive self-talk were things like, he loves to see me naked? Naked? He, Did you just say I, naked? I was leaning. My, my southern came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I did. You know, I, I merged so. a little bit. Yeah. Naked? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that he... That he loves to see me naked. Sex is good for our relationship. It brings us closer, like those type of things. Like talking about it from his standpoint. Do you think that that yeah. is helpful? I, no, I think that's powerful. Okay. You know, we talk about spectering in the bedroom, which means we're watching ourselves in a self-conscious way. And specter and watch your partner. You know, what what is happening for him? You know, is he becoming aroused? Is he getting turned on? It, you know, all of that. And try to tell yourself, he's turning on because of me, because of my body, because his body loves my body. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing really is powerful and helps. I, I also think that one thing, and we harp on this, but mindfulness is another um, way to manage this. So we need to become mindful in the moment, and we need to spend a few minutes every day just in the now, which is learning to not be judgmental. Maybe it's like, okay, you know, I'm bloated today. What what does that mean? Does that really mean that I can't be sexual? You know, just observing that this is what my body is feeling without as much criticism attached to it or without as much meaning, just observing this is how I feel and not endowing it with the truth, right? Yeah, and I, I think this one would really help you also connect with your body, which I think mm-hmm. would seems like it would be really helpful as well. So that during sex, you've trained yourself that you're able to maybe not focus as much on how you're being seen, but more on the physical sensations that are happening, which would kind of seem like it would ground you more in the present. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think mindfulness in general, what they've demonstrated in the research is that it does make you more attuned sexually. Mm. Oh, and you know what else it does? What? It makes your golf game better. Mindfulness makes your golf game better? It does, totally. (laughs) It totally does. I had this guy send me an article on, you know, for all those golfers out there who poo-poo something as crazy as meditation, that actually the research has shown, like, I, I guess men say, you know, like a little bit of beer on the golf course actually makes you swing better. Too much beer makes you, like, lose your game. But it's the same sort of thing with mindfulness. Actually, they they did a study and men who practice mindfulness and meditation for a short period of time improve their golf game. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that very cool? Well, what if you don't play golf, though? Yeah, well, I guess what, what, is it, in- it improves your sex life. Hello. <laughs> Hello. There are awesome. good reasons. There are good reasons. And one of the ways we can be mindful is to focus on our breath. So when you're having sex and you witness yourself hovering above the bed and judging what's happening and saying, I'm not getting aroused because, you know, I'm self-conscious about how I look. 
whatever the self-consciousness is, and which is increasing not just our body self-conscious these days, but our genital self-consciousness is increasing in terms of the standardization of porn. I mean, women have issues with their genitals too, is to start to breathe. Just, Just notice, you know, you're breathing in and out. Become aware of your body instead of what your mind is doing. Yeah, I've been reading some some things about lately too about how we do not know how to breathe correctly. Ah. I, we you know just because it's something we do all the time and we don't ever think about it it's it's just a reflex so we don't think about there being a right or wrong way to breathe and so we don't always learn to breathe in rhythm and to breathe smoothly like we we hold our breath a lot or we uh, breathe too quickly we don't we don't take enough air in and so there's a lot of things out there. I think that's what one of the things that meditation does for you is it helps you to breathe correctly so that it mm. can have that grounding effect um, mm. that where you're wanting it to have, that more connection that allows you to breathe into your whole body and, and get a sense of um, your presence in, in physical space. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's neat. So how are you supposed to breathe? Can um, you just tell us I'm still quickly? learning how to breathe correctly. Okay. Okay. But what I understand, the little, very little I understand about it is it's finding our rhythm of how we breathe, which is often, yeah, that kind of deep breathing. It's that in through your nose, out through your mouth breathing kind of um, grounds you. <laughs> yeah, that you're doing. If you all, I don't know how it's on. I don't know how it's coming out on, <laughs> on a podcast, but Lori, Lori is demonstrating that that yeah. breathing right now. I think if you can't tell. Um, in through your nose, out through your mouth to ground you. But then it's relaxing. That, though. That, it's like I, I mm-hmm. mean, just as I did that, I could sense that I had held sense. tension in my body yeah. that I wasn't even aware of. And I think learning when you learn how to breathe correctly too. One of the things is you learn how to breathe into your whole body, especially mm-hmm. specifically areas that have tension. We tend to think of our our breath as being in our gut or in our chest, but that we can actually breathe into areas that have tension. We can breathe into our back. We can breathe into our legs. So my last tip, and I've given this before, but it's about using the Kegel squeeze to distract your mind from its like negative wandering, and it brings you back into the body. I mean, men can do this, but women certainly, because we're talking about how body image is so distracting for them in terms of having desire, wanting to do it, getting aroused, having an orgasm. When you squeeze your Kegel muscles, it's kind of hard to think about anything else. It really brings you back into your pelvis. Mm. And so I recommend this. You know, if you're distracted by these negative thoughts, go ahead and do this. And it like sucks your soul right back into your body. You know, (laughs) it does. Was that funny? (laughs) (laughs) You had to see the hand motion that I made. That's why Adam's laughing, I think. <laughs> and the idea of it sucking you back into your body. There um, we go. Always innuendos on yeah, that, play radio sex. That is therapy. true. Okay. <laughs> hard, to, hard to talk about sex and not be funny. Uh, yeah, I think, again, I think it, it grounds you in, in your body, right? And specifically sexually, being able to do that is is very important, right? So you're saying do that even when, whenever you're being – you're focusing too much on – your body image, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It changes the way touch feels. It changes everything to do Kegel squeezes. So it's it's a very good technique. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, girlfriend out there, I know what the world says about how you ought to look and how you think you ought to look, but you deserve sexual pleasure. It is one of the finest things in life. Fight back against this. Fight back against the 
propaganda, the cosmetic and fashion industry that says, you know, you're not good enough, therefore buy our product. It's like fight back and let's join up and say that that's not true, that sex is is ours and sexual pleasure should be ours. So. Yeah. It really is. I like that idea because it really is a fight. It right? is. Because it can feel overwhelming and like you're standing alone against an onslaught of um, oh, messages about that. So, yeah, I would agree. Fight back. Men, side with your women on this. Yeah. Like, Whoever the women are in your life, side with them in that fight because I think it's yeah. it's really important. Well, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.